Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the man that earned the nickname Snake Eyes Sammy in Biloxi, Mississippi on a cold night in January 1997. Mr. Dave Burles, Berlin. I do not know what that means, (laughs) but I am here. Dave, I thought I would go with a completely untrue fact about you to introduce you tonight. That was, yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad I didn't play along with it because I was shook. Well, I mean, 97, what were you? Uh, four. Four? Okay, yeah. All right, yeah. So, not... But I, I could have been I could have been Snake Eyes, just one eye going one way, one eye going the other, and had well, no idea. Well, I was imagining in my head that you would be Snake Eyes for a gambler, since it was Biloxi, and they're known for gambling in Biloxi. Yeah, you know, casinos. Yeah, but, right. you know, whatever. Uh, maybe next week I'll come up with a new untrue fact, you know? I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, Dave, I've been spending some 30-odd years around myself. I don't know if you knew that about me. That's Um, true. You have. I can confirm that. Well, and I've learned some things about myself over those years. Uh... I have natural hater tendencies. So true. I... (laughs) I think... I think a lot of us do... You know, but I co- I come from a long line of haters on uh, right. mainly on one side of my family. I'm not going to say which side. I won't. I won't. Okay. You know, slight that one side, but uh, both sides to a degree, they're haters on both sides. Right. right. Now, I think even though a lot of us have hater tendencies, I don't think most of us actually want to be haters. That's a fact. I I don't want to be a hater. Nope. You know. No, definitely not. It's it's not fun to be a hater, and so sometimes you got to check your hater tendencies. You got to correct yourself, you know. And I realized this uh, the, the past couple of months. So I had a neighbor move in, Dave. I mm-hmm. I don't know her name because you know I don't really go out of my way to meet neighbors. I'm not that person, and that's not a hater thing. I just don't do it. That's just not. That's not my style. Although, right, old women in my neighborhood tend to come up to me, so that happens. Uh, you know, I had an old woman compliment me on my workout the other day, and I was like, mm-hmm, "Thanks, mm-hmm. old lady. That's nice." You know, uh, but right. that's not about this old lady. This is about <laughs> this new lady that moved in across the street, who's uh, young, probably younger than me. Uh, and since I don't know uh, her name, let's call her Susie. So. Right. Suze lives right right across the street. And so I basically mm-hmm. see her every day going about her biz, you know? Like mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. when I look out the window, it's right at her. And it's not uh, like it's not like I'm over here creeping. It just happens, you know? I want to make that clear mm-hmm. that I'm not creeping on Suze. That's a fact. Anyways. Mm-hmm. She seems she's a pretty good-looking lady. She uh seems to have a good job very well organized life like she has all these right. like she goes out 
uh, checks her mail, goes out with her dog. She goes out and uh, exercises, everything like that. Uh, and it's fairly mm-hmm. obviously uh, obvious that she accomplishes a good amount in her day-to-day life. That's a fact. Nice. And uh, I think it's become fairly obvious to most of the listeners out there that I do not do that. So true. No, I don't, that's not true. I don't accomplish a good deal day to day. So, you know, I'm sitting there in my house and I look outside and I see her like getting ready to, to go for a run. And she's got matching clothes on. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, here goes Sue's. The running Lulu Lemon ad, everybody. Oh, look at me. Oh, here I am with my clothes all matching, you know? Girl, come on. And like mm-hmm. next day I see her and she's like walking her dog and her hair's wet. Like she's obviously took a shower. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. no, everybody. Apparently Susie likes to be clean Blam. and bathe herself as not to offend other people with how she smells. How lame is that? Am I right? Oh, my gosh. God. <laughs> and after a while... I see her be active enough in these type of activities, and I just start coming up with things that I would assume Susie does, but I don't actually know if she actually does. I'm just like, that's something that a go-getter would do. I'm like, oh, here comes Suze. What do you bet she's going to go wash her car? Say what? I bet she washes it uh... more than once every two years because she wants it to be presentable to other people. Now, oh, ridiculous. Mm. Right? Right? Because I don't do any of these things. And, you know... and no, you definitely don't wash your car. No. No, I was thinking about that when I actually put that note in the outline. I was like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever washed my new car. And then I was like, no. No, I washed it once. And then I was like, how many times did I wash the car before that? And I was like, maybe two? And I had that car, Dave, for ten years. Two washes. Ten Two years. washes. Oh the rain does a good enough job. It's fine. It's fine. Anyways, so, you know, this 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 lady, Sue's, it's no doubt. She probably has a calendar with all of her appointments and reminders She's in organized. it. organized. Instead mm. of having a sheet of paper down on the keyboard of her computer that just has big red letters, pay rent, yes! like I do, you know? <laughs> It's things like this. And then it became, right. it came obvious to me, Dave, that I'm bringing these things up and I'm talking about them because mm-hmm. I'm hating on her. She's clear, yeah, she's right. clearly better. You're jealous. Yes. She's clearly better at being a normal person of society than I am. Like, mm. she can be organized and accomplish tasks. And I'm guessing if she had facial hair, she could probably even shave it more than once a year, you know? I'm betting she could do that, unlike me, you know? And I'm doing these things just because I don't. I'm drinking straight Haterade. That's what I'm doing. and All up in it. It's times like this, Dave, that I have to step back and and say, Ben, there's no good reason to dislike Suze. Nope. You're just doing it because she's better at life tasks than you are. You know? You know? Mm. And it's times like this, I got to turn to listeners and say, if you guys have hater tendencies out there, you guys got to check them at the door. So true. You got to check them at the door. Maybe the listeners out there know somebody in their lives that's not listening to the Doc G Show, and they're clearly doing it because our show is so awesome that they're just hating on it because of the excellent creation that it is. That's a fact. You know? They need to turn to that person and say, guys, 
Stop hating on the Doc G show because it's so awesome. Yes. You're clearly right. just hating on it because it's awesome. You know? So now that we've expelled all the haterism in the air, are you ready to fire the show up, Dave? Let's fire it up, buddy. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Okay, this doesn't happen very often. Word. Okay, it happens every show. But I'm excited about <laughs> this show, Dave. I am excited about this show. We've got the Blue Stones on the show. I'm sitting right by, beside the record here on our wall. I'm very yeah. excited. This is a fantastic duo from Windsor, Canada. They've been tearing it up. They did the weird nice. thing of being popular in America before they were popular in Canada. Hmm. So oh. they became popular in the United States, and then I think like uh, Native Canadians got a little uh, jealous, and they're like, "No, no, mm -hmm. they're, they're from they're from Canada. They're our Wait, band." What? And so they they <laughs> they they brought them back into the fold, and now they're just popular all over North America. That's what they're doing. Nice. And they've got a new they've got a new record coming. I'm excited about this too. They are on E1 Records, which mm -hmm. also owns Death Row Records. Mm. So I'm gonna Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna talk like to that. I'm gonna talk to Tark a little bit about that. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. But first, we need to start where we start. A birthday suit. Yes, sir. Happy birthday. So, Dave, this uh, this is a rarity in birthday suits, but I'm a hundred percent positive on this one. Dang, hundred percent like positive. Michael Jordan or something? <laughs> no, no, that's February. Don't get excited. That's February. We oh, got okay. it. We all got, got it. it circled on our calendars that are non-existent. Right. Susie, with of your course. calendar, Girl, come on. <laughs> get out of here with your calendar. It's Suze. highlighted. It's highlighted you, like. Yellow she, is for birthdays. She's Pink is for yeah, exactly. Dates. She's already ordered Michael Jordan his present right now. I'm hating again. I'm sorry, Suze. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Order him his present. He deserves it. He's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Anyways, this one that we're talking about, I'm gonna try to do it in the least words possible. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Mm -hmm. ESPN first take hates cowboys. ESPN first take. Hates Cowboys. Skip, wait, no, Skip Bayless likes yes. Stephen A. Smith. There it is. Okay, Stephen A. Smith is correct. Nicely there we done. Go. <laughs> Had to think it out. Had to work it out. Yes. I, um, well, because Cowboys are just like Skip. Oh, but it's hates Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Never mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they they uh, th that's where the hatred I think really really uh, got ingrained in Stephen. Yeah, yeah. Now uh, he was born October fourteenth, nineteen sixty seven, in the Bronx, New York. Grew up mm -hmm. in Hollis, mm -hmm. Queens. Went on to play basketball for Winston Salem State University. <laughs> this was this was. This was ballsy of him. I found this interesting. While on the team at uh, Winston-Salem uh, Winston State University, he wrote mm -hmm. an article for the, the school paper about how his coach should retire Wait, because what? of health reasons. Wow. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm Wiley. sure that didn't give him extra playing time. No. I was like, man, wow. All right. Well, uh, in 1994, he started a writing position at the Philadelphia Inquirer, which he would stay for 14 years at that position. He started his mm-hmm. television career on the cable network, uh, the Sports News Network, which was a really short one, uh, short-lived yeah. network. It was CNN and Sports Illustrated. They came up with their own cable network, and it did not fare well against ESPN, so they shut it back down. Um, In 2012, it was announced that he would face off against Skip Bayless every day on the show formerly called First Take, Uh, Uh and uh, they changed the name to Embrace Debate, but then they turned it back to First Take. They were like, you know what? Nah. Nope. It's first take. <laughs> so they went back to first take. Yeah, and now, of course, name. Max Kellerman is on instead of Skip Bayless, uh, who is over at Fox. So there you go. Stephen A. Smith, 53. 53. Happy birthday, Stephen A. Yeah, man. He, uh, one he, of the goats. He gets passionate about his sports. There's no way. Oh, totally. I could get that intense about sports every single day. Like, I mean, right. there would be days that I would come on if I was on first take, and I'd just be like, you know what? Who cares? That's a I don't care. Like, come no. <laughs> on, you know just play some clips of you're the like, games. You're there like, you go. I honestly didn't stay awake to watch the yeah. whole game. So no, and like, and and then like baseball, I'd just be like, I don't know. It went really long, and there's some people that were angry about like calls and stuff. I don't know. I don't care. Like, it'd just be too much. And then I'd be like, I don't know. Did LeBron win again? Who cares? I stopped watching after a while. I don't... Like, it it wouldn't be for me. So, Stephen A., it's amazing that you can get that hype every single day. It's impressive. Totally. Okay. Dave, you asked for it. Here it comes. Previously on the Doc G Show. Previously on the Doc G Show. Yes. Okay, so Dave, you ask, uh, what kind of big uh, volcanic uh, volcanic action is, should we expect is, in the near future? Yes. Now, I think I may have been a little too confident in volcanologists Word. and their abilities to predict when volcanoes were going to erupt. Cause, oh, uh, interesting. Because when I researched it, like they can... But, like, every site that I looked at basically mm-hmm. compared it to predicting the weather, which, as the listeners oh. know, that's not going to tell us too much. Nope. It's not right. going to be too helpful. So, uh, but what I can tell you, Dave, is uh, I do know what volcanoes are currently erupting. So, okay. Okay. There, there are 42 volcanoes that are currently mm-hmm. in some type of eruption phase around the uh, the world. Now, Jeez. most of these are, are minor eruptions. Obviously, they're not really they're not really major eruptions. But there are forty two that are just good. six six are in one country. Can you think of what country it is? Give it a guess. What do you think? Asia. Well, that's a continent. What country in Asia? China. Mm, close. Indonesia. To the south. Indonesia uh, in the ring of fire there. Yes. Six. Oh, the ring of fire. Duh. Six in Indonesia. Jeez. Four in Japan. There you go. There you go. Dang. Our friends in Vanuatu. 
very familiar with continuous eruptions. Yasur volcano in Vanuatu has been erupting. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it might have been a show that uh, you were not co-hosting. I think it was a, a Jake co-host job where we talked yeah. about Vanuatu because uh, they were new listeners to the Doc G show. All oh, the way nice. out there in the middle of nowhere uh, Pacific Ocean. Very small island cluster there in the Pacific Ocean. But so true. they have had a volcano, Yasur Volcano in Vanuatu, that has been erupting continuously since 1774. Jeez. Wow. Two years before the United States were made, this thing has been cranking out lava. Now... But nothing but nothing serious, I guess. Nothing serious. And now, it will go for periods of three months or less where it doesn't spew anything out. That's what they consider continuous. As long as it's less than three months... Uh, and then it shoots mm. a little bit more out. They're like, okay, there it's going. So it's it sprayed something out at least every three months for 246 years. There you go. Wow. It's crazy. Well, there you go. The more you know. There it is. There it is. 42 volcanoes, folks, that are going on right now. Uh, I think there were two in... Uh, three. Three in the United States, one in uh, Hawaii, two in Alaska, I do believe. I think that mm -hmm. was the... Uh, mm -hmm. The United States uh, active, active volcano. So we're safe for a while then. Uh, definitely in Probably Florida. Probably in our lifetime. Definitely in Florida <laughs> we're safe. Um, now if it's a big one, then we could have some problems. Sort of like we talked about back in the 500s when you had that one that caused the world to be dark for two years. That's a downer. Jeez. Hopefully none of those right. come around. We don't, we don't want that. <laughs> we don't want that. Uh, Dave, are you ready? Rip some headlines. Let's rip it. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Dave, it brings me great pleasure to let you know I have another cat story. Sweet. Um, yes. Dave, have you ever heard of a Savannah cat? Hmm. I have not. Not so that I can think of. They're a mix between a wild cat, an African serval, and a domestic mm -hmm. cat. So they're oh. a little bit bigger than a regular house cat, and they've got really mm -hmm. cool spots, sort of like a leopard. That's a fact. You know? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They are definitely a rare breed, and people pay some really crazy prices to get them. Uh, Justin Bieber yeah. reportedly paid $35,000 for his two Savannah cats that he has. Wow. Yeah. Dang. What? And I had no idea about this. Justin Bieber mm -hmm. considers himself a crazy cat man. That's I did not know that either. Neither yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Um anyways, so this isn't about beebs. Nope. We're not getting into beebs right now. Nope. This is about a couple no. from France that wanted to get on the Savannah train. So mm -hmm. they found a dealer online and paid okay. seven thousand dollars to purchase a Savannah wow. cat. Now this is where it gets really interesting. The article says after about a week in the care of the couple they suspected mm -hmm. the feline was not a savanna cat, but mm. a tiger cub. What? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm no zoologist, Dave, but I'm, I'm confident in saying that about 15 seconds I could positively identify a tiger cub. Yes! Like, right. it would take me about 15 seconds of looking at that thing, and I'd be like, this... This is not. Yep, this is not a, a savanna. Yeah. Um, you know what's I'm weird? I'm looking at the savanna cat. It looks like 
almost like a leopard or something. Yeah. It yeah. does not even look close to a tiger. Well, like, I mean, can you imagine what they... Yeah, you know what's weird, honey? The Savannah cat we ordered has stripes instead of spots. Mm, and, you right. know, they said that this cat would weigh like two pounds as a kitten, but this thing already weighs like 15 pounds. Call me crazy, but this dude has a striking resemblance to Tony the Tiger. That's a fact. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? right. Like, it took them a week? Like, a week of constantly living with this thing before they were like, you know what? I don't think this is a Savannah cat. Like, these people need to pay more attention to their 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 pets, if that's the case. Um, Man, I'll tell you. Also, something is it wrong with the world if it's easier for these shady dealers on the internet to get their hands on a tiger cub than it is a Savannah cat. Right. <laughs> like... Did these dealers actually have Savannah cats when they and when they ordered the Savannah cat? They're like, oh, you know what? We're actually out of Savannah cats. Just just send them one of the tigers. That'll be yeah. Fine. Just give them one of the cubs. We got. That'd be good. That'd be good. Just send. They'll never notice. They'll never. They're rich people. They won't notice. Like ridiculous. Anyways, uh, Dave, have you ever been to a casino? You have, right? Mm. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. Done some straight up gambling. Did you? Did you do any? Oh yeah, blackjack. Killed it mm. on the blackjack table. Nice, nice. That's my dad's. That's my dad's game when he goes to Vegas too. It's just the easiest. It's the least intimidating, I think. Yeah, there's so many less rules and stuff too. You know, there's there's so many right. other rules when you're looking at like uh, like the roulette and everything like that. You're like, what? Black, mm -hmm. red, evens. I don't know what. Call exactly. me crazy. Anyways, so. I think the closest I've ever been is like a electronic gambling machine at, at truck stops. Like I've never actually. Oh I hope you didn't actually play one of those. Oh, I've done. I've done them. Now, granted, it was when I was in high school and I was in, uh -huh. we were going to basketball camp and we stopped at a truck stop and we were all stupid right. and we're like, hey, let's waste the $20 we have for basketball camp on this gambling machine. Yes. And then, you know. <laughs> Two hours later, we're like, hey, so we don't have any more money for a camp. That was bad, right? Oh. Um, anyways, that's not me. That's not about... Th this story is not about me at uh, truck stops. This is about Richard Guy Wasson, mm. who's a 50-year-old gambling man from Tucson. And mm -hmm. he tried a really risky proposition this past week. He went into the Casino of the Sun in Arizona and mm -hmm. tried to use... Fake money. Word. Ah, smart. Smart. <laughs> oh. Employees of the casino obviously recognize this really quick because they work at a casino. And they called the police over. When the officer asked old Ricky for his ID, he just refused. Wait, what? And of course, because it's a police officer... He didn't stop and go, well, he won't give it to me. I guess I better leave. Uh, he then turned around and punched the officer and pulled a gun from his waistband. Uh, it was at that time that the officer fired his own gun at Ricky, but the officer did miss twice. Uh, but eventually Ricky was eventually taken into custody. Uh, David, it's at this point, I'm going to fall back on who wants to be a millionaire advice and say phone a friend that's a fact again man phone a friend before ricky went through this plan he should have just called up a friend been like hey here's what i'm planning i'm gonna go 
to a professional casino. So in other words, a place where people are more obsessed with and better at identifying money than actual bankers. So true. And I'm going to throw down some Monopoly money and see what happens. Word. If it all goes bad, I've got a pistol in my waistband. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> and the friend could say, hey, I got a better idea. Don't. That's a fact. Do that. Yes! Right? Like, they could say that. I think we'd all agree to that one. That would be a good idea. I mean, come on, Ricky. Like, you know how many counterfeit checkers they've got to have back in a casino? Like, I mean... You know how many people there are back there just looking with like the little blue lights and the scanners and everything else? You think you're gonna right? So that'd you're not be, gonna trick them. That'd be like trying to pass off a pair of knockoff Air Jordans at Flight Club. There's no way mm. you're getting through that. It doesn't, ha- it doesn't happen. They're gonna come back and be like, "Yeah, these these are Nikes." These no. Nope. And you're gonna you're gonna feel stupid. Except in that case, you'll just get your knockoff shoes back and leave the store. In the case of the the casino, you'll be arrested and you'll go to jail for a long time. So, sorry, Ricky. Sorry, um, Dave. Good try. I saw this headline and uh, I started thinking about it, and it just sort of made me mm-hmm. chuckle, just because of my life. Mm-hmm. So, the headline was quote. Her yearbook named her most likely to become prime minister. Nearly 20 years later, she did. And and I thought about it. Our school definitely did not set our superlatives that high. I don't know. No, definitely not. (laughs) I don't know about yours, but there were not. We didn't even get like a senator or a house of representatives like no, it was they, just president and that's it like they oh we did you know we didn't get president they didn't give us anything they were they looked at us and they were oh. like you know what hmm. maybe we should be like most likely to be a successful manager at wendy's that seems like a good one oh, i think somebody nice. can make that here that sounds right Let's go with that. I mean, I did. I would like to say that I got the superlative most likely to succeed. And obviously, by the tens of fans of this show, (laughs) well, Mm -hmm. I've succeeded. I've succeeded. Yes. But they just said in general, you know, they just relatively like succeed somehow. He won't fail at life. That was basically all they had. Like, they had prime minister. That's a big shot right there. And then if you get that superlative, that's 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 tough to live up to right there. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Like, you're literally almost not going to get it, but she did, so. Yeah, she got it. She got it. Uh, okay. Uh, Dave, let me drop a little uh, good news, bad news on you for this story. So, All right. first, the good news. Nobody was shot over ridiculous things in this next story. Good news. Thank God. Good I'm, news. I'm tired of hearing about that. Bad news. A Minnesota dude thought it would be totally fine to bring a rifle into his son's hockey game. Huh? I just don't get these people. <laughs> a rifle. A rifle. Not a, oh, not a concealed pistol. Not... Not some kind of small... No, a rifle on his shoulder. So... I mean, I've heard that hockey games get crazy, but I didn't think that crazy. Nope. Well, so this happened last month. The dad just walked into the uh, TCO, 
uh, sports mm-hmm. garden with a rifle mm-hmm. slung over his shoulder. Not surprisingly, many of the other folks that were in attendance did not feel very comfortable with a man carrying a rifle into a hockey ring. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they notified the police, and the owners of the arena called the police. The man was then removed. Ramsey County, which is the Minnesota county where this occurred, and the county mm-hmm. owns the arena, uh, mm-hmm. they said Ramsey County is taking this incident very seriously. Sweet. This situation caused significant alarm among users of the arena facility, including young children and their parents, and county employees. They then said... no crap. (laughs) They then said they would remove the law, they would review the laws to see if any were violated in regards to carrying a firearm. Now, Dave, I gotta say, regardless of the rules, I just gotta ask what necessitated this dude bringing a rifle into the hockey ring in the first place. Like, right. what could was he planning on seeing a couple of wild moose Wait, in the? In, oh, oh my god, <laughs> from, I gotta take this thing from down. From the walk from the car. <laughs> like, why? What is the? What is the point of a rifle? Exactly. A rifle doesn't make any sense. All right, I was Dave. gonna say maybe he walked from hunting. <laughs> maybe, maybe he just didn't have time. He just came straight out of the woods and was like, "Oh, oh, geez, kids' straight hockey game." From the trap. It'll be fine. <laughs> All right, Dave. Uh, we're gonna Google took a look into the most popular Halloween costumes up to this point. Up to this uh, point, so we're gonna take a okay. look at what people have been digging into. Any, just give me a guess on the top 10. What do you think one of the top 10 would be? And then I'll give you the list rundown. So this is of all time? Mm -mm. This year, what people have been looking up, they've been going through the Google data machine. Gotcha. Tiger King. Tiger King. Wow, you know what? That's a good one, but it's not on the list. I would think that would be on the list. You're right. That's weird. That's weird. Uh, here's the rundown. So I'll start from 10. 10, Spider-Man. 9, okay. Ninja. Classic. Classic. 8. If you weren't a ninja, what have you been doing with your life? That's true. Or a superhero. There you go. 8, Devil. Hmm. Uh, okay. 7, Fortnite. So Fortnite character. Fortnite. Okay, for uh, the kids, yeah. 6, Angel. I do have to say, I am glad, even to, even in 2020. Devil and Angel. Even in 2020, Angel's beating Devil by two spots. That's reassuring. That's Boom. nice. Um, five, Clown. Clown. Oh, weird. Four, Rabbit. What? What? <laughs> what? Confusing. Three, Harley Quinn. What? Come. Did a movie just come out this year? No! What has that been the top outfit for women for like the past four years? Come right. on. It's like, what costume can I do that, that relates to Halloween somehow? Just unnecessary. I mean, it's, she's not even, I mean, come on. Be Joker, ladies. Just be Joker. She's cooler. He's a cooler character. Just go for him. Uh, dinosaur, number two. Just oh, dinosaur. Dude, the inflatable. My neighbor is the inflatable um, nice. T Rex. So good idea. He, he he was part of it. Number one, witch, witch. Um. Now, uh, I would like Tiger to say King should have been up there. It should have, and I I think the one though that it, like interests me the most. Rabbit. Gotta yes. Be rabbit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
Like, who's just dressing up as a rabbit? Lame. Like, what? I mean, I'll just say right now, uh, listeners, if you're out there thinking, like, hey, I want to go as an animal, go as a panda. Mm-hmm. You'll win people over. Panda? Totally. You, you can be a cute panda. If you want to be a, a lady panda, you can make a panda right. cute. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> You want to be a scary panda? You can be a scary dude panda if you want to be. You want to be a scary lady panda? Be a scary lady panda. Panda, totally. way way more moldable than rabbit. What? No. Rabbit, get out of town. Lame. Whoever you see as a rabbit, you know, tell them. Bad costume choice. Bad costume right. choice. I, I, I'd be very surprised if I see a rabbit this year. Yeah, so I'm, just, I'm just saying. Apparently they're out there. Apparently they're out there. Anyways... Uh, we'll see. Dave, last <clears throat> last story before we go to break. Uh, do you remember that story that didn't suck about Derlin Nui, hmm. the 89-year-old pizza delivery dude? Yes. He got yeah. like 11 grand, 12 grand or 12 something. 12 grand, yeah, to help him out. Well, uh, I've got the other side to that story as far as ah, the side of the story okay. that does suck. Oh! So, uh, oh, no. a dude from Mankato, Minnesota... He's a delivery dude in Mankato. I think I'm saying that right. Mankato, uh, Minnesota. Hmm. And he gets stiffed a lot as far as tips go. I'm sure you mm. know the feeling uh, from back right. in the day at Longhorn Steakhouse. Sure, you can relate. Totally. Well, this guy decided, like, he was like, I get stiff so much. I should start keeping track. I'm going to keep track. So... To set this up, he decided to term anything less than 51 cents a stiff on a tip. So, you know, essentially mm. less than a majority of a dollar he would consider a stiff on a tip. And he measured right. this from October 5th, 2019 to October 5th, 2020. Kept track okay. of the stiffs. Now. Right. I was a little upset because he didn't have the exact number of deliveries that he made, but he estimated uh, yeah. that he worked 250 nights in the year, and he said on wow. average roughly 15 deliveries a night. So when mm-hmm. you do the math, that'd come out to 3,750 deliveries uh, in in the year. Now, out of those 3,750 estimated deliveries, how many times do you think he got stiffed? Don't go too crazy on it. Think you know? I'm just gonna say like uh, I'm gonna say 10 percent of the time. So like 375. 375. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 631. Jeez. 630. 17 percent. Yeah. 17. So almost one in five people stiffed him. Stiffed. That's him. crazy. On and that's pizza delivery. Man. Yeah. You know. Gosh. Yeah. That's now, frustrating. As- now, when you look at it, though, it was 425 uh, different houses that stiffed him because he kept track oh, of houses right. that he went to multiple times. Now, this is really insane. One of the guys mm-hmm. during this year, he visited 10 mm-hmm. times. Just him. Which, he, wow. as, as he said in the article, you know, there's uh, some nights there were up to 10 delivery guys at once. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know he he oh, missed this man. guy the majority of he times this dude ordered a pizza. A lot of pizza. Yeah. And he stiffed Jesus. him 10 times. Blam. 10 wow. times he stiffed him. Come on, dude. 
come on, don't you know they are going to rub their uh, all over your pizza after that second stiff? There and, is no and way. Some and clip some of his Yeah, yeah, there is no way uh, that is not happening. Like, come on, bro. So, just remember, dang, folks. Gosh, remember common decency. Well, remember, folks out there that are listening, when you heard about Derlin Newey getting his $12,000 and you felt all warm and fuzzy inside, you could do that for the next person that delivers a pizza to your house just by giving them a tip and not being yes. You could do that. Literally. Just literally. Give, give him a regular tip or even better than regular. Give him a little bit more and you'll make their night. They'll feel great and you will too. If Oh man! If those six hundred people would have tipped him anything, yeah, a dollar, you know, he would have six hundred more dollars, six hundred and thirty-one exactly. more dollars, just for one dollar exactly. of a tip, and they didn't do it. Pathetic and just guys. Th think about this, people. When someone does a service for you, you tip. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Point blank. You yeah. tip for the well, service. Except, except for personal training. I've been. A, I mean, you can. You could. You can. You can tip a personal trainer if you want. That's fine. That's cool. Uh, I just never expected one. I will say, in that service industry, I never really expected it. But fair. If you, fair. If you want. If you want to tip them, it's fine with me too. Uh, Dave, right. we we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest okay. today, none other than the Blue Stones. This is one of their 2020 singles, Grim, right here. On the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP, 95.Jacksonville, Florida. Dave? Hmm. Everybody, do us a favor. Go on your podcast downloading app and download the Doc G Show. Boom. Give us a five-star rating and comment something that you like about it, something positive. Mm -hmm. Give us a thumbs up. We just want some positivity in our comments. Yes. Go to the website, www.thedocgshow.com, and check out mm-hmm. all the goodies we got on there. Mm-hmm. And you may even see some future guests in mm-hmm. the schedule. And yes. then give us a follow at on Instagram, at docgshow, for some highlights and yes. awesome videos and pictures that Doc puts up. Yeah, I just uh, I just put up a video uh, of me and you talking about uh, Doom Flamingo. Uh, because they're they're going to be on the show next week. I know I'm supposed mm-hmm. to wait until the last section for that, but it's fine. Doom Flamingo. It's okay. They're coming. They're coming. Uh, okay. All right, uh, Dave, as you know, this is a segment of the show where if I have nowhere else to say something and I want to say it, I'm going to insert it here. It goes, It put it here. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes. Dave, uh, what I'm getting ready to say is really based off of circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But just based off of my own observations, is it is it just me? Mm-hmm. Or does it always seem like every person that I meet mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. says they're terrified about getting dementia or Alzheimer's always mm-hmm. seems like the dumbest person? Like... yeah. I think the common trait is they are like very forgetful or like very ditzy or something like that. And then they relate it to like, oh, I'm definitely going to have it. I'm afraid to have it. It's just weird because like, I mean, it's like it's kind of like owning like a banged up like 1994 Honda Civic and you Mm -hmm. being worried about it getting dirty all the time. And you want to tell the person like, eh, it doesn't really matter, man. You're fine. You're not. You're not gonna lose much. <laughs> it's cool. Let it get dirty, man. It's good. Like I just. I know. Uh, circumstantial evidence. I hear some of these people. I'm like, really? That's what you're worried about? No, okay. You may not All even right. make it to that point. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think you need to. You don't need to get too worked up about that. It's fine. Okay, uh, Dave. Yeah, don't worry I- about your high blood pressure or your. Diabetes or the or the cholesterol or the you know smoking that vape pen that you won't take your lips off of the mild heart attack you had earlier that's fine. Um, All right, Dave, I've been enjoying this. I'm we're gonna do we're gonna give the I've enjoyed this too, Doc. Well, thanks. That's uh, it. Makes me feel (laughs) good that you've enjoyed it. Um, We're gonna do the top five Doc G shows from this past week as far as listens. Okay. All right. Here we go. Coming in at number five, the August 5th, 2020 show featuring the Blackwater Fever. Solid oh. show right there. Yeah. Nice. Shout out to Brisbane. Brisbane and all of Australia. Yeah. 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 Shrimp on the bobby, mate. Wait, mm, mm. I do love Outback. I know that's not like your I know. actual Australian uh, restaurant, but you got good. I mean, you, you have to. It's good. Anyways, number four, the September 9th, 2020 show featuring Trevor Hall. That's right. Shout out to Hilton Head right there. Uh, Number three, 
the August 19th show, 2020, uh, mm. featuring Dead Posey. Yeah. Linda. Yeah, top five again. Danielle and Tony, man. It was a good interview, you know? That's and I got to say, after that interview, I talked to him for like two hours. Like, we just chatted. <laughs> I remember you telling me that. Chatted for two hours. And it was one of those things that I was like, I feel like I'm being an right now i need to get off the phone and so like i would stop talking and be like well i guess we're and then they'd add something else to the conversation i'd be like okay you're like all well, right well here we go all right all right i'm fine with talking more who's gonna blink first i'm not i talk all the time so sorry <laughs> you're gonna have to tell me to get off the phone anyways number two the september 30th 2020 show ben miller band not surprising yep. not yep. surprising yep. and then number one Last week's show with the weathers, ten fourteen or ten seven. Sorry, today's ten fourteen. Ten seven. Uh, there we go. Top five shows that we had this last week. Now uh, if you we're a little listen to them. Check them out, y'all. Need to check them out. And there's plenty of them. Last night I went a digging, Dave. I went a digging. Mm -hmm. I went all mm -hmm. back in these shows. Man, oh, I'll yeah. tell you, I sucked at this show back in the day. Yes! I went back and listened to we some of those did. first shows, and I was just like, what am I doing with my life? Who who am I here? Who lets you not have ben a radio Gordon? show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyways, uh, we don't really have time for it today, but I'm just going to give out some fast shout-outs to the newcomers. If we have time go. next week, I'm going to come back to them. Uh... Marble Falls, Texas. Marble Falls. Shout out to you guys. Yeah. Lomita, California. Lomita's okay. uh, in the Los Angeles Shout suburban out. area. It's literally uh -huh. uh, just blocks from Cameron's old high school. So I'm guessing it was some mm. Weathers fans, some folks yeah, that knew like Cameron it. would be my guess. Uh, Londonderry, New Hampshire. Londonderry. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and lastly, or actually, sorry, two more. Bethlehem, uh, Pennsylvania, Bethlehem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then lastly, Fair Oaks, California, right up there okay. in the, uh, the uh, Sacktown area near Sacramento. Nice. Right beside our used-to-be regular Citrus Heights. We'd like to hear it. Mm -hmm. We'll see you again on there, Citrus Heights. Get back on sure. there, guys. Anyways, okay. Um... Okay, let's see here. I got I've got a couple uh got a couple of stories that I want to do. Um all right, this looks like a good story. Uh Dave, this is uh we've been talking about this for a little bit. Um mm -hmm. but this is an interesting twist on our original Zoom call things. So, Dave, have you ever been talking about somebody and didn't realize they could hear you? Oh man. We talk about like talk at work all the time, mm -hmm. and then they like come in and it's like, ooh, yeah, yeah, awkward, yeah, little foot and mouth issue, Dude, yeah. And we are bad about that at the rehab department. That's no, not good. <laughs> That's not good, Dave. I can tell you, I am also. I'm pretty horrible at this. So true. Um, usually though, I try in my head. I try to think like, okay. I'm, I'm going to talk about this person, but mm -hmm. I'm going to say things that I would say to their face. Like, right. it may it may sound bad, but I would be able to say this to their face. And sure. uh, I didn't used to do that back in the day. 
Uh, and I'll pull one from way back in the vault. One time when I was in high school, a girl I knew, we had pretty much all our classes together. Whitney. Right. And uh, she showed up to school one day, and she was devastated because she apparently broke up with her boyfriend. Uh, and they'd been going out for like three months. I thought it was completely ridiculous, and I was like, who cares? Nobody cares, right? right? And she literally cried all first three periods of the school day. Uh. And I was just oh, like, man. yeah, get it together, right? Man. And uh, we had a field trip that day, right, mm -hmm. after the third period. So we went to the, the buses, and I'm sitting on the bus, and somebody in the seat two rows in front of me was like, hey, where's Whitney? And I was like, uh, probably crying, because that's all she's been mm -hmm. doing all effing morning. Would she go oh. out with that dude for like two months? Who gives a right? And right when I said <laughs> that, Whitney uh, uh, set up in the seat right <laughs> in front of me, and she was like, thanks, Ben. And I was like, oh, oh. I got to say, the sinking pit in your stomach feeling, mm. Mm, not good. Nope. Not good. I still not feel bad all. about that. I can go back to that time in my head and just be like, ah, oh, it hurts me right now. Oh, that wasn't good. <laughs> Right? Wasn't good. Anyways, I would imagine that's how these teachers in this next story felt. Okay. So, two teachers at Bethel High School in Vallejo, California, were talking mm -hmm. after a distance English learning class. So they mm -hmm. did a distance English learning class on Zoom or something yep. akin to it. And it didn't take long before their conversation turned to students, as it often does with teachers. Right now, the big problem for these teachers were they were still live online. Jeez, mm. they never turned off their cameras or their mics. Uh -oh. So, one of the teachers says, Students are so technologically illiterate. Word, and the other one goes, You know, older staff members. They all say these kids are like, Ooh, so techno technologically advanced. And I'm like, No, they're f not. Oh, and the other, <laughs> the other teacher replies, yeah, yeah, it's so sad, right? The, uh, those staff are, like, impressed that a kid can record a TikTok. It's literally one button. Who cares, right? Now, oh my gosh. <laughs> the thing that I find, they, they did more, but that's really all the uh, story released as far as their comments. Um, right. But the really hilarious thing to an outside observer like me, Dave, was that... <laughs> Parents and students that were still logged in were actually yeah. commenting to the teachers at the time, like, hey, hey, do you know we can hear you? Hey, you're still alive, right? You got that? And, like, they're rolling down the screen as these teachers are obliviously talking about them. Like, I mm. mean... This is a double doozy, Dave. Like, not only are you talking crap about the students while they're listening, the only reason they're able to listen is because you were illiterate uh, as far as technology. You were technologically illiterate. Yes. Uh, really, it seems like one of those, uh, you know, sort of like karma things a little bit, you know? Just a little totally. bit. Totally. That's what you get for talking crap. Uh, just just uh, a little bit. They're suspended right now, so that's a downer for them. Uh, okay, so here's uh, our our next birthday suit, Dave, the second birthday suit. Pretty confident about this one. 95% uh, 
95. Okay. All righty. Our birthday suit wearer was born in Dallas, Texas, October mm-hmm. 14th, 1978. But he grew up most of his childhood in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He started singing in the church choir when he was nine years old. His grandmother encouraged him to get into a career of singing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Their family moved to Atlanta to try to find more opportunities where our birthday suit wearer attended North Springs High School. In 1992, he signed to LaFace Records. But before his album came out, he lost his singing voice due to puberty. So he had to relearn how to sing as an adult. In 94, he released his debut album, which was produced by Diddy, then known as Puff Daddy. Uh, He really broke out with his second album, My Way. And in 1997, he released his second single off of My Way, You Make Me Wanna. The album was certified six times platinum. His next album, 8701, that came out in 2001, was singles You Remind Me and You Got It Bad. We're certified Usher. Four t- Usher. Yes. There it is. Usher. Now, I was man, thinking. It's crazy that that's his puberty voice because, man, that dude can freaking sing. And he, he can sing. high notes. He had he had to relearn how to do, you know, falsetto, relearn how to sing, control the voice, everything like that. Uh, because, right. And and the, the ironic thing is, you know, he sort of, he, he tutored uh justin bieber and you know justin mm-hmm, bieber mm-hmm. sort of had to do the same thing right because right. justin bieber came in and he was like what 10 or 12. something like that yeah. yeah and so then he went through puberty as well and he had to learn how to re uh, to sing uh as an adult so yeah mm. yeah i thought about happy I, birthday usher I thought about giving you a couple of bars of You Got It Bad, but I was like, no. Man, I, I thought about it too, but I was like, I don't want my voice to crack on camera. <laughs> on yeah, I, I, I got I got You got to practice that one a couple times. So like, I can do it. I can sing right, that one. Right. But like, it's, I got to, plus, I got to have the actual music. That's a, that's a tough one to do a cappella. That's really totally. tough a cappella. Totally. Anyways, happy birthday to Usher turning the big 4 2. Four yes, two sir. for Usher. Dang. Man. Happy yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. Four two. Still looks like he's twenty-five, that dude. I Still know, looks great. Man. Looks Good great, skin. man. Anyways, we are gonna take a break. We will be right back with none other than Tariq Tariq. What was that? Oh. Tariq Jafar of the Blue Stones, right here on the Doc G Show. What's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And it's Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904. The best show on the radio. You dig? This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are lucky to have the guitarist and singer for the excellent rock group, The Blue Stones, Mr. Tarek Jafar. Tarek, how is it going? It's going very well. Thanks for having me here. 
Yes. Yeah, man. So you are up in Windsor, Canada, correct? Yeah, it's like right across the river from Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, I just realized. It's funny. Last week on the show, randomly we were talking about 90s artists, and uh, my my co-host was said something about Shania Twain, and I knew she was from Canada. <laughs> And then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, she's from Windsor. Sweet. We're getting ready to talk to the Blue Stones, and they're from Windsor. Awesome. I actually did not know that. I think she was, oh, you know, I think she was born in a Windsor hospital. Yeah. I think that's the actual story. Yeah. So, yes. Nice. Yeah, we'll claim it. We'll claim it. <laughs> well, I got to say, I noticed a couple weeks ago on your Instagram, man, talking about just Canada in general, I saw you took a, a trip to uh, Lake Louise uh, in Alberta, Canada. Wow. That place looks amazing, man. Yes! It's beautiful out there. That's like when people think Canada, then they're probably thinking landscape like that. Yeah. Like mountains, lakes, things like that. It, yeah, it was beautiful. It was crazy. What uh, what made you take the trip up there? I, I've got a friend that lives out there. Um, he and I went to school together, and, and mm -hmm. we went to school with some other buddies who also came with me. Mm -hmm. So just figured, you know, we can only travel domestically, and yeah. I guess it's a great time to see your own country. So we took a trip out there, and man, I did not regret it. It was uh, it was yeah. fantastic. Did a lot of hiking, a lot of sightseeing. It was, it was all nature-based things, but you kind of need that. You know, I'm stuck For at sure. home most of the time. For sure, man. I mean, on, honestly, it looked like straight straight out of a movie, those pictures that you had. I was just like, yeah. then I had it's to go look at some others, and I was just like, man. I know. In person, it's even better. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt I put it on my list of like places I needed to go once the pandemic has cooled down a little bit. I was like, I got to... I got to check that out in person for sure. So true. But you guys, over the pandemic, you guys have released two singles. You've released Careless and you've released Let It Ride. And I, I noticed you guys went into the studio before the pandemic hit. Like you finished, you said you had written and recorded basically a whole album's worth of material at the end of January. So were both of these singles from that batch of recording? Yes. Yep. They're exactly from that batch very nice very nice now i couldn't help but notice in that i i went back and i was i was i was scrolling through the instagram and i noticed when you went into the recording studio you had a picture rocking a death row Records shirt Word. and i got pretty yeah. i got pretty excited which technically thinking about it, you're on the same label really as death row records what like i mean e1 owns uh death row so yep absolutely yeah that's how I got the uh, the merch. I nice. From, you know, from, from being on the same label, which, like, Justin and I always talk about how cool that is. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, you, it's, it's Tupac, really Snoop, and the, and the Blue Stones. Awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's take the Hopefully list. Hopefully we can get some rights to some of the samples and then maybe work that into some of our music. Oh, wow. Yeah. That would be, that'd be cool. That would be nice to have some... Uh, have some nothing but a G thing or Dre Day on a on a song. <laughs> yeah, how cool would that be? That yeah. would be nice. Well, let, let's let's take the listeners back. Like we said, you guys grew up together in Windsor, um, and like you said, not it's, it's about as far south as you can get in Canada. And like, yep. I actually googled directions. It's less. I couldn't believe this. It's less than eight hours from the house I grew up in Virginia, what? which is wild for me oh, to think really? about. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 only seven hours fifty minutes from my house, my old house in Virginia. Jeez! Since it's since it's right across the the Detroit River from Detroit, 
Would you say most Windsor folks consider themselves like Detroiters almost as much as Canadians? Pretty much. I, I mean, we're just so, we have everything from the States. Like all our media is, is from the States, our radio stations. Like mm-hmm. we're just so influenced by Detroit. And, and then we, when we were able to, we would travel across the border all the time, just go out for dinner and go yeah. see like Titans games, Lions games, concerts. So we are very Detroit in Windsor. Nice. Um, we are Canadian. We identify as Canadian. Oh, yeah. I think, I always feel like the rest of Canada sees us as like Canada's reject city. Like, oh, no, whatever. We'll just give that to the U.S. <laughs> I mean, for us, we're like, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you get a little bit of the best of both worlds is a, a exactly. good way to look at it. Now, now I've heard you talk about a lot when you're touring, you love to try the food of different places you go. I've never been to Windsor. So if I come up, if after the pandemic's cooled down and I come up to Windsor and I call you up and I'm like, all right, I'm in Windsor for one night. I need the best place to eat in Windsor. Where are you telling me? I, I would immediately tell you go to Antonino's Pizza. Oh. Like that's without a doubt. Wow. We're, we're known for our pizza here in Windsor. It's a very little known fact. Wow. We have some of the best pizza in the world. Confirmed. Man. Now, what kind of pizza? It's it's almost like Detroit style, Uh where it's got a little bit of a thicker crust, Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's square. Mm. We have like the squared out pizzas here. Mm. We have shredded pepperoni, semolina on the bottom of the, the dough. And then also, we have a special kind of cheese here that's really only available in Windsor that everybody... Everybody thinks that's what the reason why our pizza is so good is because of the cheese. Wow, special cheese. That's right. Man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's definitely where I would take you. Now it's I'm without a, without now I'm wishing there wasn't a pandemic even more just for to, to take a trip for pizza, man. So true. Man. For the pizza, at least. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, now that I got my important eating question out and now i'm psyched about eating that and i can't let's uh let's talk music so you you started music pretty young uh you started playing the piano your mom was a piano teacher and uh you, you started lessons there now i'm sure you appreciate the piano lessons now but back then when you did them was it sort of like a forced activity or did you want to do them? yeah it was absolutely it was i actually remember there was one time where like my mom was dropping me off for piano lessons mm-hmm. and I pretended, I didn't even know I, I was a kid. So I was an idiot. <laughs> I pretended to have a, a bee sting. <laughs> and, and I said that I couldn't do it because a bee had stung me and I didn't want to go in for the lesson. Oh, and man. that's how much I hated going. Mm, man, that's uh yeah, that sounds like something I would say uh, as a kid that I'd be like, this will get it. This will, I'll get out of it with this. Yeah. This will work. It's just funny how, like, when you're a kid, you think, like, oh, well, what's the reason? Well, bee sting hurts pretty bad, so I would just say that. I I have one thing sort of dumb like that. I uh, I was uh, playing with my neighborhood kids with BB guns, and one of them shot okay. me in the finger. And so I was trying to cover that up for my mom because she would have got really mad if she would have known we were playing with right. BB guns. So I right. told her... I, I hit it on the rim of the basketball goal. Blam. And I was I was like seven, and we didn't have an adjustable goal. And I was like, this will work. This will be a good one. And of course, 
It did not. An amazing dunker. Yeah, it did not work. How are you not in the NBA? She found out immediately. But okay. Yeah. I, I was. I was. I was wondering because I felt like uh, I felt like it had to be a little bit forced back then. But you started playing guitar, and when you started playing guitar, it was sort of it was secretive. It was basically like you were the only one really playing and writing those songs for yourself. And I was wondering, like, how many people in high school knew that you wrote songs and played music? I, I want to say zero. Wow. I think, I think it's probably zero. Man. I don't think I told anybody until I told Justin. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, nobody I, I, I don't know. I think I was probably just a little bit maybe a little bit embarrassed or humiliated or like I just I wasn't confident in what I was writing yeah so I feel like I didn't want to show anybody until I finally had something where I was like you know what if I was going to show somebody this it would be Justin and then I, I sent it so you said you sent it you didn't actually like play it the first time you sent it over like a uh, computer yeah it was a, it was an audio file I remember I recorded it uh, I think I recorded just off my laptop speakers at the time mm-hmm. and just like me playing the acoustic guitar and Slapping the guitar body with my hand Man. to make the percussion and yeah. singing, and being like, "Yeah, this is the first song that I ever kind of wrote." Do you think you still have that somewhere, or Justin still has that somewhere? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's one of those things where I didn't recognize at the time that that would probably be <laughs> a pretty cool piece of memorabilia. Yeah, but no, I don't think so. You know, it's funny. I, I tried to find our old MySpace page last week, and I couldn't find it. Man, uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't dig back in the. I did find a couple of our former guests' MySpace pages, and they didn't even know they still. They're like, it's still there, and I was like, yeah, it is. And oh, I checked man. it out. I wish. I wish <laughs> I could find ours. Ah, oh, man, I have to. I have to dig see if I can find anything. Yes! Waste my time on it. Yes! Um. Now, I heard you say back in the day, uh, Backstreet Boys, Backstreet Back, first album you actually bought. But I'm guessing that didn't continue to be an extremely huge influence through your life. I feel that I, I model myself after Nick Carter. Yes! Uh, I yes! He's my role model. Awesome! Um, Good! I think when I was starting to actually get into music, um, I listened to a lot of Sam Roberts, who is mm-hmm. like a Canadian artist. Yeah. Um, now goes by Sam Roberts Band, but he was the first sort of serious artist that I got into. Nice. Um, apart from, funny enough, Coldplay was a band that I was really, really into when I was younger, just because I feel like their earlier albums, the songwriting is just incredible. Yeah. You know? It's just such a good lesson on songwriting and vocals. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that's what drew me to the album. So those two jump-started, I think, my love for music nice. at an early age. And that's what really sort of got you, you'd say, writing and thinking about how songs sort of come together? Yeah, yeah, I would say it was a mix of those two. I mean, I was listening to a lot of other types of music. Like, I would listen to Jay-Z and Kanye West, like, mm-hmm. just, you know, for, like, the, the sheer the beats and percussion and, like, the swagger of the music. Oh, yeah. So... It's a mix of those things that I guess contributed to the palette that I that I grew to have. Yeah, for sure. So, like you said, you didn't show anybody that music until you showed Justin. You guys went to the same college. You guys went to University of Windsor. Once you showed him that, how, how long did it actually take before you guys started playing together? I want to say like, so I had known Justin from high school. Like mm-hmm. we played on the high school football team together. So yeah. we had been friends by the point of university about six years already. So 
so when I sent it to him, you know, we were already hanging out pretty regularly. So I think it was only maybe five days to a week before we got together to play some of the songs. Nice. And you, um, and you knew he played drums. Around. He wasn't he wasn't keeping his drum playing secretive like your songwriting, right? Yeah, yeah. he had been in a couple bands, um, played for a couple performances throughout high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I knew he kind of had the chops already as far as, you know, somebody who could actually take what was in my head and, and play. Yeah. Or at least show me something I didn't already know. Yeah, for sure. Well, so... You like you just said he he played in a, in a couple different uh you know groups for you the bluestones have been the only thing that's it that's that's your experience as far as you got in the bluestones and that's it do you ever wonder like what would it be like to have a rhythm guitarist and a bassist in here yeah we definitely talk about it you know it's uh, I don't know it would probably be a different band. Mm-hmm. I think it'd probably have a different energy on stage as well because we had tried other guys, um, even even the other girls in the band, and mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the energy was just off. Like for it, just it went from going from a two-person band to like a three or four, mm-hmm. and we didn't have the same energetic sort of electricity that we already had just us two. Yeah, it was subdued a little bit, and I think because of that, we thought the music suffered. So we never really ended up pursuing other band members. Gotcha. Got well, it makes sense. I mean, if it works, it works. You don't want to don't want to mess with something that already works. How long did it take you to get to gig status? Like after you started jamming, how long was it before you said, "All right, let's play a let's play a show"? Um, I would say, I think it probably took about maybe four months. I, I think around four months, four or five months. Yeah. Um, because we 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 really wanted to get it might even be longer than that, and it might be about six because we wanted to get some things recorded first, mm. and we felt like we couldn't really hit the scene if we didn't have recorded music. To show people, like, hey, this is what we sound like yeah. on our MySpace page that we've already talked about. Yeah. So it, it took us about six months, I think, to get that rolling. And then we we finally played our first show and just all of our friends showed up. And I think they didn't know what to expect. But, uh, I mean, I, I think I remember them leaving pretty impressed and pretty happy with being <laughs> like, wow, I can't believe you guys sound like that. You guys can play instruments. You weren't lying about yeah. this. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> Now I heard you were like when obviously you you didn't play music in front of anybody all of high school and it was pretty nerve wracking you know that that first live feeling. How long did it take you to get over that feeling? As far as once you started playing live gigs, or do you do you still get nervous if you have to play a live gig? Uh, it took a little while. It took a little while. I think like it probably took it. I'd say a handful of years i would say yeah you get nervous you don't want to mess up i was so focused on playing the songs 100 percent correct 100 mm-hmm. accurate to the music yeah and i think because of that i focused too much on not screwing up um i think it took around two to three years before i was like you know what i'm just gonna kind of go lax on making it 100 percent. maybe i'll do it 85 to 90 percent <laughs> correct and the other 10 percent is just showmanship and yeah. i think that is built over playing shows and shows and shows and shows. So now I wouldn't say I get nervous. Nice. I mean, the only time I would get nervous is if we played like a private show to Ariana Grande or something like that, which <laughs> I'm completely available for. I know she's a Floridian. Yes. 
Yes, so Boca Raton. She's yes. available. Let, let us know. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, obviously, I've got those kind of connections, so nope. I'll make it happen. Nope. Don't worry. I'll send up the details to you. Nope. Now, now after uh, undergrad, uh, you know, Bluestones were were moving, uh, but it, you weren't getting a lot of momentum, and you got a great opportunity to study physiotherapy at Leeds University. And uh, so, you, so you decided to go and become a physical therapist. Uh, when you did that, did you see yourself coming back to music professionally, or had you already made the decision like, "All right, this is my career, and music will be on the back burner"? It, that yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I was thinking. I had left Windsor to study in England, mm-hmm. and I think after I made that that jump, I was like, okay, well, you know, I think the music thing is kind of done as far as trying to pursue it professionally. I, I never stopped playing music, but I think it was going to take a back burner seat. Yeah. And that's just ironically and coincidentally when everything started to come together, I was just finishing up my degree mm-hmm. and we got a call from a management company from the U.S., actually in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, mm. being like, hey, I wonder if you guys would be interested in having management. And that was really where everything started to pick right back up again. So nice. I had thought before that point that we were kind of just doing it as a hobby, and that's it. Nice. Well, how, how did you how did you like your time in Leeds? Leeds looks like a fun city, was it? Oh, it was so much fun. It was like it was three universities in Leeds and just a really vibrant young scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of bars, a lot of actually music venues, and a lot of great food because a nice. lot of different students bring their like their food to the city so yeah it was so much fun there. england is just such a, a fun place to to live um for sure and it was amazing because i got to travel a lot in europe like it's just so close to just hop on a flight yeah you know i'm 45 minutes here in amsterdam it was kind of great yeah whenever we have whenever we have artists from europe that always it, i mean even though it's obvious it still just sort of blows my mind that you're like oh you're you're an hour from you know from another country or you're 45 minutes yeah from and like it just seems so crazy and and spread out North America to think about it like that. I also have to say, in another world, we may have ran into each other at a conference because I I have a PhD in applied physiology. So true. So, oh, if if you ever feel like talk miss talking about physiology and like exercise, you can come back on. We'll talk corrective exercise strategies, different modalities for rehab. We can do it all. Name it. We'll make it happen in another interview. So just... <laughs> I'm down, man. Awesome. I am down for that. <laughs> awesome. Well, like Talk you, about the shoulder complex, all that. Yes. All that fun stuff. Yes. I know there's people out there right now hurting from it. They need they need some rehab ideas. They need some corrective exercise strategy. Yes. Um, well, as, as a Canadian band, like you said, it's interesting because... When you started back in there and the management uh, team from Cleveland contacted you, you guys were getting much more traction in the States than you did in Canada, which is hmm. really bizarre for a Canadian artist. Like, I mean, did you guys at the start of that where you're like, what's going on? Why, why, why aren't Canadians into our music? Yeah, absolutely. I think early on in the in our like indie career, mm-hmm. we would play around in Canada and we would try to like get on an agency or a record label. But we thought that like Canada never really wanted us, you know, for yeah. whatever reason. 
we weren't really catching in Canada. It was always the U.S. where like we had most of our streams from, most of our music placements for like TV shows and movies in. Yeah. And we just never, we never really were embraced by Canada until the U.S. embraced us. <laughs> and then after that had happened, Canada was like, oh, hold on a second. These are our guys. <laughs> we're going to take them back. Nice. Now, well, I mean, it is. It, it's funny because like we've had, we've had uh, a fairly good amount of Canadian artists on the show. We had Matt Mays and uh, Sheepdogs and Tim Baker and Crownlands and all of, the, all of those guys have pretty big, you know, followings in Canada, but it's sort of empty yep. down here. Like, I mean, it's funny. I looked at their Spotify and their top five listening locations were all Canadian, not a single U.S. location. And you guys are the exact opposite. You have only one Canadian location in the top five, Toronto, and then... The others are other places. You actually have England in there too. So I found that just it's it's uh it's wild how some people catch on in other places and like, you know, it's it it definitely is interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well you so you guys originally released uh Black Holes five years ago, but then you re released it two years ago, uh, when you got under the, the new uh record label. How much did you change when you re-released it? Was it mainly mixing, or were there some serious changes, or was it basically as is when it came back out? Um, no, we, we definitely had a mixer go through it again. Mm -hmm. So they, they took all the tracks from when our original session was, and they, they put it through Adam Hawkins, who is this very you know, well-known mixer in the U.S., and yeah. he just kind of beefed up the tracks a little bit, put his spin on it, um, he's got an excellent ear and he's been actually doing our mixing for everything that we've released. Nice. So it was remixed and remastered and then put back out. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And one, one of the things that I, that surprised me the most, I think about black holes when I actually listened to the album was, you know, it's, it's an album. Unlike most people that put out albums now that's a collection of songs that don't really go together. Yours is connected and there's these interludes like Airlock and Orbit on the album that sort of tie in these ideas together. Uh, was was it important to you as a songwriter to make that sort of cohesive thought? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was more a musical thing than it was... Uh, like a lyrical content thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously the, the sound of the album does reflect this feeling of being lost and kind of not knowing what your way is. Yeah. And kind of being stuck in space by yourself. So we wanted the music to reflect that idea. Mm -hmm. But the interludes were just something that I remember from like albums that I personally love. Yeah. Um, like interludes are used so well and they just tie together tracks. And I feel like I just carried that onward into our music and and thought it was a pretty important part of our first album to be put on there especially because the whole thing is about space and yeah and this ambient sort of dark echoey tone so yeah. it worked out great and then plus we had a, a juno 6 uh which is this incredible keyboard arpeggiator mm -hmm. uh from the 70s i think it is mm -hmm. maybe 60s or 70s mm -hmm. and it has the coolest the coolest tones nice um i think stranger things might use a Juno 8 on their intro music. Oh. I'm not sure. Or Juno 6, rather. Um, but, yeah, it just sounded so cool. I just thought that we should use it a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Death Row Records has a lot of interludes. So, again, you're you you're, you're, you're crossing paths there. So it's it's got to happen at some point. Yes! So on all of your recent stuff, 
uh, this most recent trip to the studio, you were working with Paul Meany, who's a great producer. He's worked with 21 Pilots. He's the lead singer of Mute Math, uh, which I heard was one of your big influences. Oh, yeah. When you started working with Paul, were you nervous? Were you like, oh, man, what if this guy who's yeah. one of my inspiration doesn't like my stuff? And both both Justin and I were nervous. Like, it was, we, we had this writing session with him where he invited us out to uh, New Orleans, where he lives. Mm-hmm. And I remember pulling up in the rental, me and Justin, we kind of parked right outside of his place. And I, we just couldn't believe that he was about to come down and like greet us at the door. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely nervous. Um, but the great thing about Paul, like what I say is he's kind of the antithesis or the opposite of the term. Don't meet your heroes. Like he is the coolest guy. So humble, such a good coach. He was the perfect addition to the team that was putting together our album. Man, that, that, yeah, that couldn't go better, man. That's, that's fantastic. Well, like I've heard you talk about how much it means to you when a band says that they are inspired by the Blue Stones and your music. Uh, could you ever see yourself sort of working in some sort of like writing, producing capacity with one of those bands, a little bit akin to what Paul has done with you guys? Absolutely, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, um, now, as far as that new music that you're working on with uh, Paul, uh, it seems like, you know, it's like you're talking about the whole sort of theme of space and this, uh, you know, uh, somber sort of, uh, you got black holes and midnight and the drop. And now, you know, the newest single is let it ride. Would you say having, having the, the, these new songs before the pandemic, were you in a brighter place writing? Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Because when we wrote Black Holes, it was like this whole uncertainty. We were kind of young. We didn't really know what we wanted to do yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was it was a lot of that confusion that sort of came into the music because you're trying, even as a young band, you're like, well, who are we supposed to sound like? What are we? You know, yeah. what is our sound? But then coming into the new stuff, I mean, this is years and years later. Yeah. We know who we are. We know what we sound like. We know exactly what we're going for as far as the, the tones and lyrics and and basically how we want to be perceived. So I think a lot of that shows in the new music. You can see this new confidence in the, the seasoned sort of sound of what we are now versus our first album. For sure. So yeah, in a much better place, I think, mentally, for sure. Nice. Now, would you say, do you think, uh, I mean, have you been writing any... Uh, during the pandemic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm doing some writing for other groups as well, which is something I've always wanted to do. I always nice. kind of wanted to branch out and write for different bands, different artists, Yeah. Um, but always writing and always throwing things down. And even if it's something as simple as opening up my voice recorder and, and vocally singing a melody from my guitar, I'll, I'll do that. That's a form of writing to me just so I can remember things. Oh, for sure. For sure. So you already are doing a little bit of that, what I said, as far as working with other bands. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we've arrived at the question about what about that new material, all the all the other songs that you got. Uh, what's the plan on releasing it? 
Yeah, so I mean, we we uh, we don't really have an official album date yet, but um, it's definitely all dependent on what's going on with all this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, we were planning on already having the album released. Yeah. Uh, but our friend COVID nineteen hit, so we had to push everything back. Right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that we're looking to release very very soon. Very nice, very nice. Now, do you have any other set plans? Obviously, like you said, COVID has thrown a bunch in the air but do you have uh, other plans for the rest of 2020 for the blue stones um well we have a drive-in show that's coming out uh, nice well we had a drive-in show yeah. and uh yeah other than that just writing and waiting for when we can actually hit the road man 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 it, it, it is a waiting game for most of you guys in the in the music industry man uh, I know, I know, unfortunately, but it's okay. We've gotten pretty good at it by now. And we've been trying to do things like live streams and connecting with our fans in other ways. Yeah. Just to sort of keep people, um, you know, keep people on the line and keep them, keep them updated with what we're up to. Nice. Now, this this drive-in show that just just happened was that the first of the pandemic that you'd done? Uh, yeah, yeah. That is the first show that we had played since March 13th. Wow. So we're talking over six months since we hit the stage, man. It was like a cathartic release. Let me Wh- tell you. Wow, <laughs> it's just, man. It's just so nice to actually be back out. Now, did you did you uh, you said you did some live streams? Were any, were any of them like sort of? full band deal uh because i know you and justin just started like practicing again well i mean we're about to put out um a live performance that we actually recorded and uh filmed with my brother my younger brother who's a director Mm. and it was produced the live performance was produced by paul as well and we're about to release that um, but that's kind of what we kept busy with. Just we wanted to do something where we, when we actually weren't playing live, we wanted to actually give people something more than just, Hey, this is me playing my guitar yeah. in my basement. You know, yeah. like we wanted to give them a bluestone show that they could watch from home. So that's what we put together and that's what we plan on releasing. Very nice. um, and I think people really, really enjoy that. For sure. For sure. It is. It definitely is different and it depends on each band. I feel like, you know, there are some artists that are, you know, sort of, your Americana folksy just one guitar and it's a little bit okay to do that basement deal but when you have a yep. big sound and you have the big shows like uh, like you guys it's it's a little bit different so that's that's a definitely a cool thing to put out for sure well yep. That's the thing, yeah. Yeah. Well, Tark, we're against a break, man, but I want to thank you for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. You have just been very, very well-read and researched about the Bluestones history. Let me tell you, man. <laughs> I try. I try to, man. You, yeah. You guys are a, a, great job. a fantastic band, and, uh, you know, our listeners would... <laughs> it would be a good idea for them to check out all of, uh, all of your music. It's uh, fantastic. So... Listeners, you can check out all things Bluestones at thebluestonesmusic.com or you can follow them on Spotify or Instagram at thebluestones. Right now, let's take a listen to Let It Ride right here on the Doc G Show. Took a minute to
And we are back here on the Doc A G show. You just heard the Blue Stones. Blue Stones. Yeah. Let it ride, man. Let it ride. I like it. It's got a good feeling. It's got a good, open, excited, happy feeling. Something we need at the end of 2020, you know? Oh, man, mm. for sure. Those mm. good vibes. Mm. Now, I, I do have to say, during that song, I researched the pizza in Windsor. The, yeah. uh And uh, Antonino's. Antonino's Pizza. And I got to say... I dig it. I dig so it. So true. That shredded, that shredded pepperoni. That seems like something else. I want to get in on that shredded pepperoni because uh, that basically. I'm in there with you. That ensures that you're going to get pepperoni basically in every bite, and I like that. I yes. like that. Plus, the more pepperoni, the better. Plus, you get you get a crispiness to the pepperoni. I think that's very mm-hmm. underrated. I like a good crispiness every now and then to a pepperoni. Like sure, almost sure. almost burnt, like like a like a piece of On bacon that goes too yeah, that goes too much. Mmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, now we're talking. Just, I know, oh, man. I, I know, know what I'm having for dinner now. I got to get I got to they got to they got to they got to let us back into Canada. I got got to get over this covid <laughs> right. thing and get and I, you know, I don't know if you heard that during the interview, Dave, but uh, can- Windsor is literally less than eight hours from my parents' house in Virginia. Can you believe that? That's insane. Wow. Dang. Like, that, like, you just, like, it blew my mind when I actually looked at the directions and I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Virginia? Mm-hmm. Canada? That seems like no way. But it is. Eight right. hours. Less than eight hours. Seven hours uh, and like 58 it's minutes. It's possible, man. It's possible. Since- crazy anyways thanks to the blue stones hopefully that new album's coming out soon uh can't wait for it and hopefully like Tarek said they'll get some of those samples from death row and be able to jam out on some nothing but a g thing some dre day some ratatat tat oh man mm-hmm. be good be good right be there sweet anyways thanks guys we appreciate it okay dave you know what time it is. Oh, yeah. Shoe and tell, baby. Shoe and tell part 20. Oh, yeah. Word. And as you know, Dave, as I warned you last time, we've got a non-Jordan shoe. Yeah, which, I'm excited to see what you brought. What shoe do we have? We have the, the Pippin Ones. Say what? The oh. Pippin Ones, released in 1998, my friend. These are the actual authentic Pippins that were actually his signature shoe. Unlike mm-hmm. when we talked about the Air Up Tempos. The Up Tempos, yeah. These were specifically designed for Pippin, and they created mm-hmm. a unique Pippin uh, logo. That is the two P's uh, back to back together. I never really understood it, you know, because I mean it's it's right. S-P. There's only one P. Yeah, right. I mean I guess it's the two middle P's of his name. I guess I could see it, you know, since like it's P I P P E N, and you're looking mm-hmm, at those mm-hmm. two middle P's, I guess. But still, right? Like somebody, I, I couldn't really find a good explanation of that. Anyways. 
These are one of my favorite non-Jordan shoes. You got the uh, you got the air sole running 270 degrees on the uh, on the shoe. Pretty solid mm-hmm. almost all the way around the bottom. They do feel like pretty much like bricks on your feet. Oh, uh, uh, they look like it. <laughs> they, uh, but I but will say, sweet, though, in, durable. In, yeah, well, and in some type of organized ball. So if we're talking about organized ball of any sort, not just open gym, I had my best game ever in these shoes. Um, oh. Now, granted, it was just a basketball camp game, but it was organized camp, and it was with our team. It was with my right. high school team. Mm-hmm. I had I, I don't know how many points I ended up with, but I know mm-hmm. I had seven threes. I do know Dang. I had seven three. Yeah, I was feeling it. So at least was, 21. At least 21, but I know there are a couple of left-handed layups in there because I could always I could always hit the defender with at least a couple of left-handed layups before they realized that I was dominant with the left hand. And so, you mm. know, catch them off guard. They're all they're all spotting me on then, the on the left adjust. side. Yeah, yeah, they're all spotting me on the left side. I'm like, you're just going to give me that lane? All right, cool. Go for yeah. it, you know? And then <laughs> right. after, like, two of those, their coach is like, he's left-handed, you moron! Get on the other side! You know, and then right. then that's over for me. Then I have to think of something else. So then but, you, you were stop at 25. <laughs> yeah, probably. It was probably, like, 25, let's be honest. But, um, yeah, I I uh, I still remember that game as JMU basketball camp. It's very nice. Oh, yeah. It's very, it very good, man. And I, I was in love with these shoes after it because of that i was like these are my lucky shoes these are these are them uh so those are uh, the original ones from high school no 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 these are these were a uh through these were a re-release in uh 2015 that i have now so these are the black releases from 2015 they do these they do them a, a fairly good amount. I would say they don't do them as much as the Air Up Tempos, but they mm-hmm. re-release them. I wish they would re-release the twos, but they don't. Re- mm. uh, they have they have never re-released the Pippin twos, which I really yeah. wish they would. But there you go, Dave. The 20, 20th edition, right there. Scotty Pippin ones. There you Love go. It. There you go. Okay. <sighs> Last birthday suit, Dave. You ready? I'm ready, buddy. Okay, this one, I'm pretty confident. Word. I'm um, I'm like, I I know you know his name, uh, and I will be very surprised. That's why I put it at 89%. 89, okay. I would be very blown away if you couldn't think of his name. Um, But, you know, it's not in your wheelhouse. That's why I dropped it down a little bit. Anyways, born in the Bronx on October 14, 1939. So him and Stephen A. Smith, both born in the Bronx, uh, except mm-hmm. it was uh, 30, tw- 20, 28 years difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He was born to a family of Jewish immigrants from Belarus. Uh, mm-hmm. Our birthday suit wearer attended Yeshiva University High School for boys but eventually graduated from DeWitt Clinton High School. He went on Mm -hmm. to go to City University of New York, but Mm -hmm. he dropped out uh, after two years. In 1964, Mm -hmm. he uh, he dropped out of the Army after serving two years, and he became Mm -hmm. a salesman for a Thai company. 
but as mm. being a salesman for a tie company, decided to start his own clothes company. He named okay. the company after his sport interest and called it Polo. He. This is the owner of it? Yes. Ralph Lauren. Ralph Lauren is correct. Yes, indeed. Come on, that's in my wheelhouse. I'm fashionable. Well, I mean, you know, I know you. You've got you've got plenty of polos. Obviously, it goes in your in your golf. I got uh, I got swag, dog. Nope. Well, yeah, I mean, just I just you know, <laughs> some people know polo, some people know Ralph Lauren. Sometimes they disassociate and they're not really thinking of like the owner, so they're just fair, you know, fair. Anyways, uh, they started selling polo in Bloomingdale's. It had its own, whole own section in Bloomingdale's by 1969. 1971, he opened a store on Rodeo Drive in Beverly oh. Hills. His company now has over 10,000 employees, and he's worth $6.3 billion. Wow. Not bad. Not bad. Right. And... He has a car collection estimated at $350 million. Not, not bad. Not bad. Uh, he did well for himself in those 80, uh, 81 years. It's, I know, uh, right? Pretty, pretty good job. Happy birthday to Ralph, man. You know, totally. I think me and my brother were talking about it, but it's sort of funny just how, like, like you think about it and, like, Ralph... Mm -hmm. It's so not a, a a fashion name, right? Like Ralph, like Ralph. You think of like a mechanic, You're like who, who's my mechanic, <laughs> Ralph? Like yeah. you don't think of like, hey, who's making, who's tailoring my suit? Oh, it's Ralph. Like what? Weird. Anyways, it worked with uh, Ralph Lauren. He there did okay. Go. There you go. He he worked it in there. It works now. Now you think Ralph. You think polo. That's what you think. Oh, Anyways, man. happy Ain't birthday. Use uh, use some of your $6.3 billion to have a good time, Ralph. Enjoy there it. There you go. I think it'll uh, be okay. Okay, Dave. It's time to tell you about good shows. We got two. I am very excited sure. about it. Next week, we have got Doom Flamingo on the show. I told you about Doom Flamingo. Oh. And I finally made it happen. Hank, their manager, got on the bullhorn. He worked some strings. We got it worked out. We're going to have them on yeah. the show. I'm very excited. They've got such good tunes. They're just so... They're just so thematic. They just got such like a... like an. They even describe it on their website as mm. 80s Top Gun uh, guitar riffs. And I'm like, yes. Oh. Yes, it is. It <laughs> is. And it's awesome, man. I'm very excited about that. We've also got the next week after that, Grandson. Can't wait. Yeah. Big, big time artist there. It's going to be good. Uh, but got to wrap up the show for now, Dave. Until next week, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, old Snake Eye Sammy over there, Dave Burles Berlin. One day, someone else will call me that. Maybe. Maybe. Don't worry. It'll happen. I'm guessing the same people that knew you as the, the furry love machine from Spain, uh, they're probably going to call you Snake Eye Sammy, too. That's going to yes. be their backup. 
That's gonna, yes. I, I can't throw out <laughs> Snake Eyes Sammy in Spanish right now. I don't know. I'm, uh, I should we'll know it, there. but I don't know. I'll, I'll, that could uh, be the next intro. Next, next week. Next week. All yeah. right. Until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.